am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to Fake Ritual, a fool's guide to pop culture and the occult, uncovering an esoteric world of myth, magic, and mystery hidden deep within your favorite media. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and before we get started, let me just say to everyone, Happy New Year, and also, thank you for coming back for year four of the podcast. Let's hope it's really good. Uh, but anyways, enough tooting my own horn. Uh, let's introduce the guest we have with us, the host of Thrifty Podcast, and a curator at Brick Body Kids Vintage, as well as a longtime friend of the show, it's Toddy Tondera. Hello, Toddy. Hello, Lucas. Hello, fakers. Thank you for having me in your, uh, new abode. I'm yes, sorry. you are, you are... In person, I was in taking the studio. pictures of this when I sat down, and I said, "I need one of these. <laughs> I need one of these guys." Ah, uh, well, you, uh, you flatter me. Thank you. I'm but, trying. Uh, so you know, thrifty podcast, Brick Body Kids Vintage. How's the thrift life? Uh, how is the thrift life? Um, so yes, I do uh, secondhand shopping. Uh, that's what I sell through Brick Body Kids, and then also I have a podcast, Thrifty, for those un. If you don't know me, and I go secondhand shopping, and I bring some stuff back to my place, and then we record podcast episode. Lucas has been on a bunch of times. I have the yes. show topic today. We've talked about on mine. Totally. Um, it's been uh, you're getting you're getting a lot of those uh, back in high school when people would play video games and get a new video games. They would always call them like Christmas noobs. Like if you were, <laughs> if you were playing like Xbox Live. And you've had this game since October, and then Christmas came around, and then people would start playing that video game. We call them Christmas noobs. Ah, yeah. Well, for secondhand shopping through the month of December, and also January, tons of Christmas noobs. In the the stores. (laughs) Yes, in the stores. Hell yeah, so it's it's a banner time of year yeah it's it's like the casual time of year where where people it's like it's it's like how people show up to church for like a month and yeah. they're like i yes it's like that only the thrift store people are like oh yes this is here that is here this is i have all this off time and then, oh get, i got you not not an influx of good stuff yeah. at the thrift store but an influx of people yes, going noobs. to the thrift store yes noobs Christmas noobs. The, yes, yes totally i actually went to a thrift store yesterday for the first time in a while so i was christmas noobing mm-hmm. myself uh and i was looking for things on today's topic and i did not find them but let's just get into today's topic uh because i have been inundating myself with it for days now and i am teeming with excitement <laughs> and uh just general spooky insanity so 
Without any further ado, fakers beware, you're in for a scare. We are talking the 1990s juggernaut of fright for children. Worldwide, we are talking Goosebumps. Very or sick. Or Goosebumps. Yeah. Something along those lines. Cue, you know, Yeah. But yeah, Goosebumps. Uh, the, uh, what is it? children's horror anthology uh and just general like phenomena i guess like yeah uh, i would say so written by the one and only rl stein known as the stephen king of children's literature which i find uh apropos i guess mm-hmm. uh but yeah toddy so goosebumps before we get into uh the specifics and you know really dig deep into this topic let the fakers know at home, you know, how you were introduced to this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, why it stuck with you into your adulthood. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I have, uh, hopefully, just as good of an answer. So Goosebumps books are something that I've, yeah, I read since probably they came out. Um, a typical a typical month for me in the, in the land of Goosebumps when I was a kid is they were like five bucks and there was one bookstore in my town, and my grandmother would uh, let me spend that five dollars on the new Goosebumps books. It was called the 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 Bookstop, and it was like an old house, the old front room of a house, sold children's literature. So I would hop in there, get myself a Goosebumps, bring it into school. Uh, And then all the rich kids would have all of them before I did. And then sometimes they would even take mine. And since we weren't allowed goosebumps in school, there wasn't much I can do about it. But, um, yeah, I read them. I loved them. I dressed as them for Halloween. I did a bunch of cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, still to this day, uh, yeah, we talk about goosebumps on Thrifty when we come across them. We've done Choose Your Own Adventure goosebumps. So, I think the two of us were both bump heads. Bump heads, yes. yes I was hoping I was going to say it next if you didn't get to it. <laughs> but it's funny that you say they weren't allowed in schools because I think that yeah. might have been where I was introduced to them. The yeah. in the scholastic book fairs. Oh that, yeah, you know that's yeah. where they showed up. No like, Pokemon, no goosebumps. Yeah, this pre Harry Potter as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, I just remember one, the Scholastic Book Fair being just such an exciting moment in mm-hmm. elementary school when it was coming. You'd get the little flyers, you'd start yeah. circling what you wanted, begging your parents. It was like the, it was like uh, the paper you would get that the books were on I, yeah. was so thin. So thin. <laughs> it yeah. was so thin. Covered like- in multi-colored ink rainbow like, colored yeah, ink, super yeah. thin and it wouldn't run or anything but it was it was you would be alerted of what books were coming to your fair mm-hmm. on like to- colored toilet paper yeah more yeah. or less so uh pretty i feel like fairly uh crispy imagery as well i mean you could oh, make yeah. out you know the oh, goosebumps yeah. covers you can and, circle them without yeah. scraping the paper yeah. but i don't even have a recollection of first hearing about Goosebumps, I feel like maybe it was because I was so young, but it was also one of those, definitely a viral phenomenon before the term was used. Before the computer, yeah. Yeah, because it was (laughs) definitely something that kids made popular rather than something that they were told, kind of like with Harry Potter as well, like like kids telling kids, you got to read this, check it out. Teens had like 
late teens had like alcohol and they would get their <laughs> friends in and like, hey, you got to check this out. Totally. Bro. But yeah. if you were like a grade schooler, you'd be like, yo, bro, I got welcome to dead house. Check yeah. This out. Like, you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, open it up because these were illegal in school and you'd be like, yeah, shiny cover, dude. Yeah. yeah. And you would pass them around and that's how you would infect other students. Totally. Is you would give them the bumps book and then they would be bump heads themselves. Um, I remember a particular day that um, it was the day that uh, um, w- the the first edition of uh, it was called I think like peanut butter and jelly something or another. It was a uh, choose your own adventure that we've read before, but it was, yeah, it was a bright purple color, a cover, and I fortunately was the first one to get it, and it, I felt cool for like one day because. Usually, I would get them like a month after, and I walked into school with that peanut butter boy on my cover, slammed in peanut butter. I was spreading it around. People were like, whoa, Toddy's got the hookup today, and I'd be like, yeah. And um, I tried to, uh, the, the peanut butter on the cover that was purple, I tried to simulate it in uh, out of uh, marker and glue. Okay. And, and I made glueies, and I sold those for a quarter. Sometimes. Hell yeah. Dang, you've always been hustling. Yeah, sometimes 50 cents. Um, so what you do is you get a Space Maker pencil box, the old plastic case. Yes. Get a purple uh, washable marker. You got to draw on that Space Maker. Just draw it up. Take the purple marker. Then put the glue over the Space Maker. And when that dries, you got a purple gluey. Got you. Yeah. And we would, I would pass that off as like the Goosebumps peanut butter. Made a couple bucks a day. Damn. Made a couple bucks a day. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Always into some bad stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, we're talking the books now. Yeah. But there also was, I mean, there's tons of multimedia, you know, video games, uh, toys, all that, which we will be getting to later. But there was also the TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if listeners want to go back and hear the full story, uh, the first time I had Toddy on, we talked Goosebumps, and uh, you said how you missed the uh, Haunted, Haunted Mask, Mask. Yes. premiere. Premiere, uh, Boy Scout camp, or just Boy Scouts in general, not camp, but yeah. Yeah. The, terrible. And yeah, definitely go back, check that episode out if you want to get the full scoop. Uh, I didn't see on, it live. Yeah, he didn't see it live, he didn't see history being made, but... I feel like the show did have that sort of, it was, the books weren't, you know, it was coming out, some things come out now, you know, retroactively, nostalgia fodder, oh, you know, a new Adams Family show, a new yeah. this or that, but that was coming out right when Goosebumps was still super fucking hot, yeah, so it, it makes was... sense that the premiere would be something that a childhood toddy would say, Oh, what yeah. the fuck? Why yeah. did I miss this? Why do I have to go to Boy yeah. Scouts for this? But and uh Boy Scouts are very uh goosebumps type setting yeah. for some Yeah, weird adults. Weird, yeah, weird, weird adults. adults yeah. for sure. Goosebumps totally. have been uh, pretty pertinent about the weird adults. So yeah, Boy Scouts all weird adults during that stage, but uh But yeah, the TV show, what did yeah. how did that uh like fit into your life besides that, you know, unfortunate so that was, that was, that was Fox kids, Fox yes. kids, Saturday morning, I think 10 or sometimes noon. Um, depending the situation and depending the era, I would tape goosebumps on VH, VHS tapes on TV because I would tape Pokemon and then I would tape mm, goosebumps mm-hmm. and then I would have a run of those tapes. 
And what I did, and I'm sure somewhere at the house I grew up in, there's got to be a tape or two of this, is what I would do is how Pokemon games came out in, like, colors, like Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, mm-hmm. Pokemon Yellow. Well, with Goosebumps tapes, and also Pokemon tapes, I would list the tapes as colors as well. So it'd be, like, Goosebumps Purple, Goosebumps Green, Goosebumps Red, Goosebumps Yellow. And on those tapes, are they were different ones. So I would be like, okay, today ah. I'm trying to wa- I'm trying to watch, like, Goosebumps Purple. Because I'm like, Goosebumps Purple has this on it. And then other days, I'll be like, Goosebumps Red, though. And it was fun because it was kind of like capturing your own, like capturing the dragon, capturing the spirit. Because, like, I would be making these tapes. Yeah. And each tape would be different depending on what I would record. But I would, you remember, like, you would know, you wouldn't know what would be on. Totally. Yeah. So, like, you've got some, like, some stuff you'd just be like, oh, you know, what's going to be on? You're like, oh, Scarecrow walks at midnight. Mm-hmm. And then you pair it with, like, a like a Pokemon episode, and you'd be like, that's a good pairing. But other days, it would, you, you, would, you would just be like, oh, they're not, like, Lavender Town, great in Pokemon. That's a good to pair with Goosebumps. But sometimes it would, yeah, they would be yeah. way off. They'd be way off. Not a good pairing. But then I'd be like, well, maybe Goosebumps Green, I could set up a different, like, maybe a, like a stay out of the basement vibe. Ah, yeah. And then yeah. maybe like a Bulbasaur episode or so something. So you were recording these... Yes, off TV. Off TV. At, did you know what episode... You wouldn't have known what episode was about to no. be shown. As sometimes I did, but rarely. But, so you would just grab the green tape? And the next... What I, and yes. just yes. let it... Yeah, so, record, so even if it wasn't... And then when it filled up, I would go to the next tape. So, like, yeah. So, whatever it was, it was. So... So, it wouldn't be as nice as, like, all the plant-based horror was no, on the green tape. But it the hope you, was the there. Hope. That was the yeah. hope. And that's what I would be. So, I would just get through... Because, well, those tapes were, like, six hours. And so, I would, you know, get through so many Goosebumps episodes, tape the Goosebumps episodes. And then when the tape would be over, I'd be like, okay... Goosebumps yellow. We'll call this Goosebumps okay. yellow. And then I'm like, what color didn't I use? And I'll be like, oh, you know, I didn't use like orange before. Yeah. So the next one would be like Goosebumps orange. I dig that. That's like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, very chaos magic in like applying a map. Yeah. To like a basically, yeah, giving yourself a. Uh, it's just like categories that are arbitrary. Yeah. But then you sort of fill in like mm-hmm. they become less arbitrary yeah. as you view them. Like, oh, you know what? This one does make sense on the red tape, even yes. though it actually doesn't. But yes. now you've, like, forced and, your brain to make it make sense. And I would get these tapes for free. Because how I would get these tapes... George? George. George. Yes, another callback to our we've yeah, talked the about first George. episode, which I listened to today. Yeah, we've talked about... Researching my own show. So, <laughs> if for those who haven't listened to that, there used to be this guy at the bar down the street that my dad used to have some kind of business dealings with of some sort. But George was an older man, and he was always very nice. And I only met him in passing a few times because I was a child. He mm-hmm. was an adult. But what he would do is he would tape... Uh, WWF, WCW, and ECW pay-per-views on VHS tapes for me on Sunday night. And then by Monday afternoon, they would be in my mailbox. So we'd do this illegally. I'd have these wrestling tapes. And then after I would watch the wrestling tapes, now I owned a tape. Now I owned a VHS tape. And so those very wrestling tapes, it would be scratched out, the mm-hmm. wrestling, and then right on it, it would be like Goosebumps Purple. Or oh, like sick. Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Like it would, it, and so the tapes, if I would find them, I guarantee it's just scratched off 
wrestling labels, which kind of in its own way sucks now because wrestling VHS, people pay so much yeah. for that. And old dubbed wrestling tapes. Really? Just like recorded from right pay-per-view off pay-per-view right would off, yes. sell now. Yes, that would Damn. sell. Yeah, that would sell because of, yeah, people just like that stuff now. And that's also, I think I saw my first naked people, I think, on those tapes. Because sometimes the pay-per-view oh, would yeah. run over. And then you'd be getting whatever, whatever was next. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So I think one of the Species films. Yes, you re- uh, yeah. dang, yeah. That's, we mentioned that on the last yeah, show, too, species. because Species was my first. Yeah. Uh, Man, that's crazy. But, but still. Spe- they, they ended up as Goosebumps. That, those tapes. Yes. In my life, in the canon of my life that we talked about, ended up as Goosebumps tapes taping Fox Kids. And dissimilarly to Goosebumps stories, George, as an adult, yes. well, I guess he know he was at least ephemeral. And the yeah. adults in the Goosebumps stories mm-hmm. and the TV show are, if not outright, like, They're ghosts. disconnected, <laughs> ghostly. They're at least, like, even Ooh. the helpful ones are yeah. weird. They're, yeah. like, they're not... They're... One dimensional. They are almost intentionally. Adults and children in the Goosebumps world are different genders. Yes. Like there's a <laughs> child gender yeah, yeah. that acts like a child, and there's an adult gender that acts like an adult. Like and an all, alien. Yeah, all yeah. adults act like completely disassociated and disconnected, and all the kids are like, whoa, what's going on? And like <laughs> the adults would be like, glo- like looming over them. It's yeah. Like, all ghosts. They're all ghosts. That's the rule. Well, now that we've gushed over our love of Goosebumps and uh, of old men that hang out at bars and give children pre-recorded tapes yeah, in the mailbox. Pre-recorded is the funny part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's just dig into a little more of what makes Goosebumps Goosebumps so magical, so special. How they bump. why do they bump? Why do, Why do they bump? bump? Bump. And so I kind of want to get into it over three things. I try to divide it into to- uh, nice little segments. I want to talk about the covers, the cool. book covers specifically, the monsters slash villains of the shows and of the stories in general, and uh, the twist endings. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the first... Uh, the covers is very book centric, and then the rest we can kind of bring in maybe some other media for the twist endings and the monsters. But starting with the covers, we got to start with one Mr. Tim Jacobus. Yeah. How you pronounce the name? King. He did, <laughs> I believe, all but two of the original run, and then here and there has done some artwork. He even did recently some of the artwork for the. That the movie that came out in 2015, yep. he did like the album cover mm-hmm. artwork and then one of like a featured little cover with Jack Black on it that was mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, but yeah, the covers. Yeah. Uh, I have them pulled up on the screen right now just to scroll through. But Toddy, I mean, why are these covers badass and incredible? And what are some of your favorites? Yes. So, as, as you know, and I've mentioned, I uh, buy and sell clothes. So, a part of that, you have to find some cool color combos mm, to get stuff mm-hmm. popping. The Goosebumps covers, the reasons why they bump a lot is because the color palettes that they use are very, very cool. Um, so, you'd have an 
if and I'm sure listeners, if they're listening to the show, all the fakers out there, you know, if Goosebumps are on a bookshelf, they look great. Yes, the Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Oh, that's the one. That's one of the ones that I really like because it's like a it's like a nice purple. It's a mm-hmm. lime green. Those are very toddy centric colors, and uh, yeah, got a nice wolf on it. Um, it that's one of my favorites, but um. Interesting enough, um, I think we were talking about this off any of our podcasts before, but on the spine of Goosebumps books, the first seven have Goosebumps in regular font, mm, and mm-hmm. then down the line... In like Helvetica or something. Yes, yeah, just yeah. regular... Sans... Yeah, uh, all caps. Ter- sans serif. And then the Goosebumps font is then replaced after that, and that's something that I don't know a ton of people know, but... Um, You'd know it if they're all lined up. You'd yeah, like, yeah, and if especially if you're at all anal retentive, because mm-hmm. it's going to be like, what the fuck? Yes. Why can't they just all look the, the monster same? blood covers? All monster blood covers are cool too, because you got some stuff growing. Usually, you have Cuddles the hamster on one of them popping mm-hmm. out of the cage. Um, the horror camp jelly jam was a, a favorite of Matt Boyko's. Yeah, shout out Matt Boyko from third grade. He was always a, a, a camp jelly jam head. That was his favorite one, and I always associated Matt Boyko with that. He also uh, used to be afraid of the basketball uh, scoreboard. So that's another oh, fact. Okay. I mean, but the, yeah. the Horror <laughs> Camp Jelly Jam features just the strangest yeah. uh, smiling, yeah. it's a hyped camp, up pants. It's a camp, camp counselor. counselor. Yeah, camp counselor with a, with a smiling face. Um, the, uh, Shocker, Shocker on Shock Street was an interesting episode. Um, the book itself was pretty okay, too. Um, a Shocker on Shock Street I actually have on cassette. I have on, uh, audiobook. Okay. Before, like, audiobooks were a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just, uh, they would have people, um, just come on and read the book, and then all, like, the monster creatures would be somebody else or somebody with a voice changer. That was a good episode. Um, disassociating episode for sure, because parents were very weird in that one too. Um, yeah, Monster Blood up top there, we're looking at the pictures now live, um, with the slime gooing down the wooden staircase with the glasses in it, and, uh, that would tell you that's a confirmed death, because if you just see someone glass, someone's, a picture of someone's broken glasses in the 90s meant they were dead. That's just that's just that's just how it was. If you saw somebody's broken glasses, that means that person had died. Yeah, and besides the obvious story implications of each picture, because I believe Tim Jacobus was just given like very surface level descriptions yes. of the stories—a sentence, maybe a paragraph if he was lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was probably given the back. But what? <laughs> just looking at them right yeah. now, especially his artwork specifically what stands out just conceptually uh that or at least here we'll do this i'll give you what i see and what i think is uh sort of the uh that x factor that they have that makes them more than just book covers because arguably bump what makes them bump because arguably and admittedly as a child i didn't really read the book so much as collect them oh and i don't think i was alone because (laughs) the covers just looked so good besides the color schemes the pictures and what tim jacobus seems to have done is add 
Well, he's admittedly said he worked with curved lines. He would get rid of, so he would force perspective. He would also drop perspective to a chi- to a child's height, so you get a lot of from the bottom up. Yeah, images as they say, well. They say worm. They call that worm's eye view. Worm's eye view, as well yeah. as uh, yeah, just very strange angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I have here? Yeah, curved lines, child's perspective, saturated colors which all kind of lend themselves to this surrealism, which arguably is, at, I would say the covers had as much influence on Goosebumps' aesthetics and the show and everything moving forward. The covers had as much influence as R.L. Stein's stories. I, I would say so. They came together to form what became sort of that Goosebumps if it wasn't funny for, mixed with scary. If it wasn't for Tim Jacobus's uh, covers in art, and they just looked like a regular book. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're sitting here today. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're sitting here today. Because uh, I do think, you know, you can't take R.L. Stein out of the picture because yeah. uh, his, I mean, I've in my research found out that he was more prepared to be a comedy writer than a horror writer. And that comes through, especially in children's horror, because I feel like he adds this level of silliness or not necessarily silliness but well his, there's a dark sense of humor well to his the words stories. were also uh seminal in the sense of people growing up mm-hmm. so like if you think of a seminal tale of uh, a scarecrow or if you think of a seminal tale about like a haunted theme park if you think of a seminal tale about like yeah mutants dummies like all that kind of stuff like, he told you the tale. The tale. Uh, yeah. And then everything else in media, everything else in whatever was going on, they would bounce off of that. You're and, right. And kind of live off of that. But his his would be the very basic seminal tale of whatever. And then throughout time, throughout art, throughout writing, um, what would happen is, is people would see that and then obviously do their own version of that or whatever. Yes. But if you think of seminal tales, like Night of the Living Dummy, that's mm-hmm. what a dummy did. It came alive and it did all the things. Yeah. And that's what dummies would do in media and entertainment forever because yeah. of that. Because that's what it, that's what happened. That's what happened in that. And so there's a lot of that in there, like the haunted mask. You know, you think about the mask. Um, it went on Carly Beth's face and didn't come off. Mm-hmm. There forever, then that was the thing about masks. Everybody like, oh, is it going to get stuck? And it's yeah. because it was so, from seminal dialogue of this basic story of R.L. Stein. So that's why the books also popped. Because it's like you would go back to like, oh, do you want to hear a story about a vampire? Mm-hmm. Here's the t- yeah. seminal tale of a vampire. This is a seminal tale of a vampire. Well, this is a perfect uh, transition into yeah. talking a little bit more about the monsters and mm-hmm. uh, sort of maybe our favorite monsters, but also, uh, yeah, just, I guess, yeah. So I'll just ask you, yeah. you know, what are some other villains, monsters? In the uh, universe? In the universe that really... St- Stood out to you whether they were just unique or actually, you know, a fresh take on an old idea. Sure. Um, I was always a fan, um, and who I have with me today, I have a few things that I brought with me. I was always a fan of Curly the Skeleton. Now, Curly the Skeleton 
was not in the Goosebumps franchise. There wasn't stories about Curly, but Curly was the official and later unofficial mascot to Goosebumps books. So I had the pillowcases, the bed sheets, and one Halloween, I dressed up as Curly, specifically Curly the Skeleton. Now, uh, for my fourth grade, uh, at Halloween party at school. And, uh, the thing about that was, is I was afraid that people would think I'd just be a skeleton. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's not just a skeleton. It is a seminal skeleton. So I walked around reading Say Cheese and Die open. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it would tie, it would be like, oh, so that's at least a skeleton from Goosebumps. Yes. So I, we did this whole stupid parade where we would... Um, yeah, just parade around the school and all these adults would take pictures of us. And in that Halloween parade, in my fourth grade Halloween parade when I was uh, curly, is I had the Say Cheese and Die book open and I was walking around the school and I wasn't looking where I was walking. I was just looking at the book. So I kind of, I kind of just, did, like I kind of did some improv there because I didn't realize that if I would be like looking in a book for some reason, I wouldn't know where I was going. So I just followed sound and voice, and I'm hoping at least 50% of those adults at least acknowledged that I was holding a Goosebumps book. <laughs> at yeah. least acknowledged. He's I'm, reading. Yeah, I'm sure a few of uh, I'm, I'm sure a few of them were uh, like, oh, why is that person uh, reading during this? Why are they reading a book? And I was just uh, reading seminal dialogue for the cover goal of the year, which was Curly the Skeleton. Yeah, I think Curly not being in any of the stories nevertheless encapsulates that scary, funny, and cool. (laughs) Yeah, scary, funny, and cool was sort of what Goosebumps ended up kind of representing to people. And I feel like Curly really uh, is that, you know, kind of boiled down. But what about uh, maybe a monster from one of the stories? Uh, monsters it's just like when you think Goosebumps yeah. monster, whether it's scary or just like one yeah. you love. Um, I would say immediately what comes to mind is uh, two two different ones. Um, one would be this mud monster that I have here. Um, so we have a little mud monster guy. Uh, another one that I really appreciated because it was one of the only, um, to me at least, actual scary um episodes of goosebumps is scarecrow walks at midnight okay those scarecrows were the scarecrows that i still to this day when i think of scarecrows i think of those little ass dudes jumping down off the uh off their posts and scaring people and stuff like that and so the scarecrow from scarecrow walks at midnight is definitely up there um mud monsters and the scarecrow and curly are probably the hits i would say i would say the hits for me um, at least. Well, yes, yeah, something else I think that the monsters do right in Goosebumps, and it's something that I have come across R.L. Stein mentioning, is they're very fantastic. Yeah. They're not based in any sort of reality. There's no serial killers. There's no, you know, just like mean people that are hurting others. There, And it it's something that R.L. Stein said it's the best way he found to scare kids safely is to make establish how fantastic the world is and the circumstances are. And then after you do that, you can be real fucking scary with 
scarecrows coming down off of stands and and muck monsters, mud yep. monsters. Uh, and I feel like he, uh, I don't know, I just really think that's what uh, he gets right with his monsters. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think, again, the name, the, the word seminal comes to mind because when you see a vampire, it's a vampire. It's not a vampire that has... And it's like when you think of a when you close your eyes and say like I'm thinking of a vampire. That's exactly how the that character actor would be dressed. Yeah, a vampire. He was a scarecrow. Also, a yeah, whatever. He a was mommy. able to usually like only be maybe once or twice removed from an established yeah. monster. Monster blood is kind of the blob. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, vampires, mud monsters, werewolves, things like that. Yeah, monster blood. I think I've said this to you. The monster blood episode. Um, there is a lady at the end of the Monster Blood episode, and she has the energy of most women I've dated. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was, even at a young age, I was like, oh, shoot. I remember she was one of my first crushes. And then eventually, yeah, that just became my type. Damn. Yeah. Well, again, you keep setting me up. You are obviously a podcaster because you are setting me up for my little segues. Yeah. Uh, but... Now is a good time as any to talk about the final uh, of the trifecta of Goosebumps awesomeness. Mm -hmm. uh, Pardon my lack of vocabulary. Uh, The twists. The twist endings. Uh, And this is also where Arlstein brings in that signature comedy. Mm -hmm. Because they usually have either a sense of irony or sometimes are just so absurd. Yeah. You can't help but laugh. And I feel like it's it's sort of what would keep you coming back as a kid and even yep. as adults. Like, it's so fun to recount mm-hmm. that little twist, that subversion of expectations or that... Just a little blip at the end. Yeah. It would just totally change what you just And saw. also as a kid, not a lot of media featured that for kids. It was almost like they thought kids couldn't handle it or wouldn't understand it. And yeah. Goosebumps was some of the first fiction... Yeah. For kids, and especially in the 90s, at least yeah. our age, that was like, no, 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 you can handle a twist. I, we can give you a not happy ending as I long as it's fun. I have a twist that has happened in every book. Every okay. book, a twist that happens is probably something you're not thinking of, but when I say it, you're like, that's probably right. So these books, each of them for sure, it's a tale and there's a monster and sometimes there's like mad scientists and that some there's some form of adult in some way that is at fault. Is it mm-hmm. is it play? No one gets arrested or jailed. That is true. For th- any of this punishment that they give to these kids, no one's jailed for this. No I think that's part of uh Arl Stein's refusal to bring in too much reality. Yeah. It's a he there's no guns. There's mm-hmm. never guns in his stories. Nope. There's never child abuse. No, like not, not in the traditional sense. Yes, there's sure. not hitting. Yeah, there's not yeah. domestic abuse. Yes. There's not these things. He and I, I can't help but would agree with him that he does. It does help to not like as a kid. I feel like there were some th- things I watched that were maybe not appropriate because they featured a little too yeah. much reality. Sure. And to have something like Goosebumps that was just super fantastic yeah. has really. Uh, I mean, definitely influenced me as a person and influenced yeah. the show. But before, yeah, back to the twist. Is there a, you know, an ending twist, whether it's the TV show or the books 
or I mean, there are some twists in the video games and some twists in the yeah. movies, but we're keeping it pretty millennial here with the mm-hmm. books and the TV show. Uh, yeah, are there any that stand out to you? Yeah, that just you know. Uh, so I will start with it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> and I think I I might even rem- I might even remember this being on Goosebumps Blue. I okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, please don't feed the vampire. The end of the episode, uh, and I think it's the only one that does this. It references puberty. Wait, end. you're talking vampire breath. Oh, vampire, vampire breath. breath. Please don't feed the vampire. Please, is like, give yourself goosebumps. Choose your yeah, yes, yes. yes. Thank I you just for watched vampire me. breath last night. Yeah, so fresh vampire, in my memory. Vampire breath is definitely something I recorded because at the end, um, it's revealed. That it's their birthday, and the two kids are actually vampires as well, and they grow their teeth. And it's either, like, the 12th or 13th birthday, and mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. So, like, when they hit puberty, right at midnight, just as we all did, right? Uh, we turned 12 to 13 or 11 to 12, and right at midnight is when puberty started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just like all kids. So, when the clock struck midnight, they, they grew teeth. And that was one where I was always just like, whoa, puberty reference. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming, for sure. Talk about what I didn't see coming. I watched Ghost Beach. Ghost Ghost Beach Beach episode. Yeah. So, you know, there's kind of... Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? But anyways, they you know, the kids end up... They... A big point of the plot is that dogs are being killed by whoever the ghost is because the dogs bark at ghosts and give away that they're ghosts. Yeah. So the kids seal what they think are the ghosts mm-hmm. in the cave. All is well. They go back to their weird adult cousin's place. Mm-hmm. Old man, old woman. We did it. Ghosts are gone. Yeah. It's all cool. And they're like, yay. Glad you guys are safe. Dog comes in, barks at them. Barks. And sort of that's telling you that mm-hmm. they're ghosts. But... Yeah. The real implication is that they Double have twist been, in that. The children, throughout the episode, their older cousins, they're always seen at a dinner table, and they're feeding them some sort of stew. And at the end of the episode, I forget, they're, they're the female cousin, the woman cousin, yeah. says something along the lines of, like, well, basically revealing that the children have been eating dog yeah the whole time yeah that's just a fun part i screamed i was like that because at first when i was watching i was like damn dead dogs that's (laughs) big to feature in a children's show because some adults won't there's a website i think called like does the dog die so that you can check like does a dog die in this movie? Okay, I don't want to see it because some people that. some people don't want to see dogs die, which yeah, I get. Fair, fair enough. Fair but enough. I just couldn't believe that not only have dogs been killed in this episode, yeah, but the children have been eating them, and now the credits are rolling. And correct I think me, I stood up. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's also the episode where you find out that like the the kids that they're hanging out with are in fact dead. They're ghosts themselves. And I believe that's the one they're just like, yo, you should go check out my grave. Like, go to my grave. And you're like, holy shit, that's your grave. You're well, the, the other, the guy that's living in the cave yeah. is the one that's like, go see their grave. And then the kids, it's... Yeah. I do they're love, like, I'm a ghost. Yeah. Go see their graves. Yeah. I don't have a grave. I, it does <laughs> seem very, uh, it's very, some of the goosebumps, at least, I mean, probably in the books but again i didn't read a lot of them yeah uh but at least in the show the ghosts are very j-horror 
Yeah. In yeah, that they oh, yeah. are solid. Yeah. They appear as human. And there's nothing nebulous about them. They're not see-through or transparent. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yes, we're ghosts with totally solid forms. And it just seems mm-hmm. very un-American. Like, you don't see that in a lot of American movies. Usually ghosts are yeah. see-through, floating, Yeah, you know, yeah. obviously ghosts. So it's kind of interesting. I wonder if That's he did true. that on purpose or if it was just kind of like... Um, I need them for plot just to when be... There was, when there was some ghost reveals, it, it some people would then grow more pale. Or like, I think even yeah. in Ghost Beach, the kids, when you find out that they're yeah. ghosts, you could see their skeleton. Um, but you're totally right. They would be presented as regular people, which is why in the lore of the show is every time you see a person, especially an adult, you're like, that's got to be a ghost. Yeah. Because yeah. it wouldn't... A ghost on, exactly, a ghost on screen would not look like a ghost. It, it Everyone just acted weird, so you're just like, which one of these people are ghosts, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, not that everything was pirate-themed, but it had kind of like that vibe that's just like when you're on a pirate ship, you're just like, I don't know if these are, <laughs> every episode was just like, I don't know if the people I'm hanging out with are ghosts. Totally, yeah. Like, I could be on, I could be totally dead here. But like, and then you're like, oh, f- everyone's ghosts. Mm-hmm. This is all ghost ship. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. All right. Well, we talked about the stories. We talked a bit about the TV show. We talked covers, monsters, twists. But now we're gonna get into the real meat of the Goosebumps franchise, and that is the merchandise, because there is a fuck ton of it. Uh, fakers at home, go to the fandom, the Goosebumps fandom, and find the page titled Goosebumps, parentheses, franchise, slash, merchandise. Uh, but, and trust me, it's more fun than that title sounds, but there is an exhaustive list. Good word. Uh, an exhaust, yeah, exhaustive. Uh, oh my god, I can't even scroll through it, like, it's mm-hmm. just never-ending. Uh, I could talk but, about uh, the the ones that I brought today, part of the merchandise. Yes, like. uh, just real quick, so I can yes. let the listeners know, as if this is some sort of like incredible information. But the uh, Goosebumps received their own line of merchandise in '96, so kind of right when it was bumping. Uh, main mascot, which we already covered, of the line was Curly the Skeleton, and then other mascots included Cuddles the Hamster. Uh, from that Monster Blood 2 cover. Prince Koru from the Curse of the Mummy oh, yeah. cover. Uh, Slappy the Dummy, who kind of is now more the mascot. Boo, I know, that, I don't I don't boo, like it either. Bring we, that curly. Yeah. Uh, and the Mud Monster, yeah. which love. Very goopy. Love anything goopy. And then uh, uh, the Horrorland Horror, the green with yeah. the horns. Uh, He's a host. Fellow host. Yeah, he's a host of the uh, the game show. Oh yeah, you're Orland. right. You're right. Yeah, he's a he's a host. Uh, but Toddy, you yeah. have uh, what looks to be three of those mascots here in the form of we looked it up earlier. They are called well, they were freaky faces. I have three goosebumps freaky faces, and they were uh, they were supposed to kind of be. A lot like Boglins for Boglin fans out there, which were like little rubbery hand puppets. 
And uh, what I have, and what we're gonna do is, I'm gonna get some of this. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That latex. Um, so we'll, but that's a squeeze. That's a squeeze of the curly, uh, freaky face. And so what this is, it's a curly, the the lovable skeleton mascot with purple some mohawk and the purple mohawk. It's ponytail. Got, it's got a, uh, if you're from Pittsburgh, it's got a Polish hill haircut. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's got a purple mohawk with a ponytail at the back of it. And yeah, it makes some noises. And it's just a giant head with arms. So it's curly. I also have, I also have Cuddles the hamster. The interesting thing about this Cuddle, Cuddles freaky face is you can push the eyes out. Yes, he has like plastic eyes. eyes. Hard yeah. plasticky eyes. And I will say the thickest arms of the three individuals on. Interesting, yeah. I mean, hamsters are, you know, little doughboys. Yeah. And for those unfamiliar with Cuddles the hamster in Monster Blood, he ate Monster Blood, which, if you didn't know, spoiler alert, makes things bigger and scarier. So Cuddles ate some Monster Blood, and he kind of wasn't so cuddly anymore. So his freaky face has slime uh, ooze oozing out of his mouth, that monster blood. The mud monster. The mud monster up next. Um, probably um, uh, what, that story is called You You Can't Scare Me? Yeah. Right? And uh, the cool thing about the title of You Can't Scare Me and then it being a mud monster, that was kind of early in the series where a lot of the Goosebumps titles were just titles they weren't yeah. really named after the character totally. of it and then eventually rl stein was like well if i'm gonna be making monsters and making books i'm just gonna name the book after the monster mm-hmm. so you see it but you can't scare me was mud monster based yeah be careful what you wish for another one yes yeah. yes 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 and uh this is the mud monster oh yeah he has a bit more of a yeah We're, chunky sound we didn't do uh cuddles the hamster so here's the cuddles Okay, yeah, a little softer. A little softer, but I think in here, we'll do curly again. Oh, yeah. I think this one, I think the mud monster, just like the mud, I think that's the noise. It's very sloshy. Should I move on to this? Yeah, uh, well, well, let's save that for the end because okay. that will be a have good one more little, thing later. Yeah, there is yeah. one more secret thing. And also just for these freaky faces, I'm looking at one of the boxes right now and uh, the the fun little tagline it has right there is, put your hand inside my head to make my face move if you dare. And, and I, I always, dared. The, the, the write-ups on a lot of their merch is very fun. The packaging and also the commercials, which yeah. brings me to my show and tell, if you will. Uh, I have here a few. I have five. We'll see if we have time to get through them all. But I have here five videos, five YouTube videos. Uh, you listening at home obviously aren't going to be able to see them, but you're going to be able to hear them. And then we're just going to listen to them and react to them. Because truth be told, I was going to make a merchandise trivia game but I ran out of steam. And we and brought merchandise instead. We brought merchandise, <laughs> and you know what? That's ad- we're adapting, okay? Yeah. Uh, so the first commercial I have here is for just a general commercial for Goosebumps toys. So we'll watch it, and then we'll react. Cool. What are they, and where do they come from? Goosebumps toys! Some of them make freaky faces not even a mother could love. 
Inkster squirt vile ink that disappears in a flash. The motion creatures will shake, rattle, and roll their bones at the snap of your fingers. Just imagine if they came to life. Goosebumps toys. Each sold separately. Batteries not included. If reading's a screen, plays a howl. Well, uh, just so the listeners know at home, you couldn't see it, but the video ends with uh, you get to see the two kids that you heard speaking, and one of them is, I thought has it was a cool a, bowl cut and has a vulture on his arm. I thought it was a crow. You said it's a vulture, so I think I even have more respect for the kid. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucking badass. But yeah. yeah, that featured your freaky faces as well as the disappearing ink shooting uh, yep. figures called yep. the Inksters as well as the dancing little... Yeah, the... Buggers. Yeah, the dancing... Motion creatures, as I said. Very uninspired name. Yeah, motion creatures. Freaky faces. Motion creatures. Yeah, I saw the freaky faces there. I saw the the fella from Horrorland, which I don't have. The green Ah, one with the horns. I think that would be a cool freaky face. I only got these three. So... But yeah, that's very, very 90s commercial. Very... They're just giving you a few different things there. For sure. Each sold separately. For sure. Uh, but all right, are you ready for the next yeah. commercial? Now the horror is in your hands with Goosebumps Monster Head Maker. Create four hideous heads from the chilling tales of R.L. Stein, or eye-popping creations from your imagination that drip and drool. I've got a runny nose. Talk about gross. Crack open a dread head. Monster blood. Or try edible brain bites. Look, Dad. Goosebumps brain bites you can eat. Monster head maker and dreadhead you can't. Eat so separately. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one another like kind of triple threat with the different uh toys, but tell I the ate... listeners at home about that monster head. Yeah, so I ate um so in that commercial there was a small skeleton head with pink brains. Oh, okay, yeah. I've eaten those brains before. Okay. I've, I've eaten those brains before. Dang, that's some Bump cred. Yeah, I've eaten those brains before, and I can't remember how you make the brains exist, but it just tasted like bubblegum dust. Yeah. Dust of bubblegum. So those uh, heads that you see, I actually did not know those existed. I bet you those are like $200 on eBay. Well, I think they ended up continue i think hasbro still makes them and they just call them monster heads ah so they i see so they're monster heads but since it was of the era they got the goosebumps on yeah because when you look at them seeing them it's more kind of like just a mannequin head that looks like a skull that you can add goop and and different oozes to yeah and they say it can as it says in the commercial can look like the haunted mask or the mud monster but can it really because it just kind of looks like a general, but still very bad. Still yeah. very cool. That commercial, even more so than that first one we watch, really mm-hmm. hits me in the nostalgia yep. and makes me want. One I had of those, those fucking brains. Yeah. I ate those brains. I'm not even a zombie, and I ate those brains. All right, uh, commercial three, and I hope the listeners at home are appreciating the visual medium of the commercials, but they sound cool. So yeah, you guys need to chill. Sorry, we're getting towards the end of the episode, and it is where I get antagonistic towards the <laughs> listeners, but I promise I love you guys. Here we go. This one is for a board game. Oh, I might have this. Goosebumps. Terror in the graveyard game. <laughs> oh, my 
dead alive or be changed into a monster. Goosebumps, terror in the graveyard game. Collect bells, avoid hidden traps. Find the magic ring, defeat the headless ghost. Yes, I do, in fact, have that game. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I definitely got it, definitely played it. Um, you could probably, like, once a year, I find that board game secondhand shopping. Okay. And that still is, is rarer than you think, because I'm probably out thrifting probably four days a week, hmm. something like that. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, I find it like once a year, so pretty rare, but there are some out there of tales in the graveyard. Yeah, it um, seemed from the video seems like just kind of your general, yeah, like a sorry type or trouble, yeah. you know, yeah, that's all it was. Get all your pieces out, get out of the graveyard, yeah, get home. It's not, it's in the attic somewhere. I, I should look that did remind me when you said it, when you're like, oh, this board game, I'm like, it's probably the one. There was a lot of board games, for yeah, this. again. Listeners, check out the fandom because you will see how many fucking tons of stuff. tons yeah. of stuff. It is actually really fun to just scroll through. It is also kind of, but it's also very like there's not a lot of description. Like that's why I struggled to make a game of it because I was like, yeah, what do I ask? Like, sure. But uh, all right, well we got two more mm-hmm. commercials here. Uh, this next one is for a different type of game. And I apologize if the audio is not perfect, but, you know, you'll have that with these old commercials. Commercial was a small boy um, playing a green handheld game where he saw Slappy on the screen mm-hmm. and he was attempting to escape in the game and his hair, which was normal hair, turned into spiky hair because he was playing the Goosebumps Intimidator, which I also had but never yeah. knew it was called the Intimidator. What a like pretty cool weird <laughs> name. Again, it seems like something they made and then retroactively yeah. slapped Goosebumps on because I'm like, Intimidator? That is not a Goosebumps yeah. word. It should have been called like the... Well, it's just an escape game. Just call it the Goosebumps Escape Game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, that's man, a long title, but... Those man. LCD games were garbage. Yeah. All of them. The Tiger ones. The, Bummer, huh? They were... Even at the time, I was not fooled. Yeah. I was like, this is not... This doesn't work. Bummer. Nothing in here works. If you play, like, yeah, even, like, the original Game Boy... Yeah. You're like, sheesh. Monochrome. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see anything. Yeah, for real. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that one I don't know about that one. No. I did have it. Am I gonna have whatever this was? I don't think you are because this one I really uh I really went out of my way to find something that is kind of indicative of how far reaching the merchandising was for okay. the brand of Goosebumps. So you might have had this one, but it is a perishable, so you could not still yeah. have it. Ooh, a perishable. A perishable, and I don't know, yeah, we'll see. A perishable Goosebumps item. Okay, let's check this out. 
A most chilling experience is waiting for you. You can make your next party a real scream with a Goosebumps ice cream cake for a limited time from your local TCBY treat shop. A taste so good you can send shivers down your friend's taste buds. TCBY Goosebumps ice cream cakes for a limited time. And for $5, you can get TCBY treats, gift certificates, and offers from Walden Books, Party City, and DreamWorks Interactive. What did TCBY stand for? No idea. Taking care of business, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the Walden Books reference at the end yeah, as so well. Goosebumps R.I.P. Walden Books. Yeah, that's true. Goosebumps yeah. cakes. Goosebumps birthday cakes. We saw a couple of birthday cakes and people enjoying them with Goosebumps uh, print on the top of the cake. And and I- the, the mascot that was used, uh, drawn by... Tim Jacobus yeah. for the triple header series that came later in the series where they would put three books yep. into one. Yep. This sort of three headed gargoyle yeah. type thing. I had I have, I shouldn't say have. I had, I, I have. I have a speaking about those, I have the vanishing act, which is all the disappearing base goosebumps books put okay. into one. Nice. Um, but I never had a Goosebumps birthday. Those kids had a Goosebumps birthday party with Goosebumps Damn. cakes. Damn, you never went to one or heard nope. of one? Fuck, nope. it would have been cool. I didn't really Damn. have birthdays. <laughs> yeah, it's like we had pool par- I don't remember any themed yeah. birthdays growing up. Uh, I felt like parents were just... I don't know, that happened, seems to happen more nowadays. Like, you're going to have a Paw Patrol birthday. Yeah, I a- want a Paw Patrol birthday now. <laughs> I, I just turned 35 on December 24th. So I'm the day before Christmas has always obviously always been my birthday. So it's just it's just got puked on over the <laughs> Like people do not respect that. And it sucks because nothing is open. Nobody wants to hang out. Nothing happens that day. So usually all birthdays, they haven't been goosebumps birthdays to this day. Maybe Damn. maybe thirty six. Thirty six. Let's, let's make it yeah. there first. Yeah. All right. Well, I got one more question for you to round out this episode, and I came up with this question uh, that I also asked the Instagram. Mm -hmm. I got to make sure I shout out the people that responded. Yeah. Uh, And going forward, you know, fakers, pay attention to the Instagram and follow us at Fake Ritual on Instagram, because I'm going to try to poll the fakers at home a little more often. But... Uh, based on an article, an Onion article I found called uh, titled "R.L. Stein admits every book he's written directly dictated to him by God." Uh, actually, a fun little that's read. a shoot. That's a shoot. That's... <laughs> okay. Uh, but I wanted to know, Toddy, uh, have anything I've read been directed to me by God? No, but we can talk about that cool. off mic. Yeah. Uh, what if? You know, L. Ron Hubbard founded Scientology. He was a sci-fi writer and kind of you know, took that from his books and expanded it into a religion. So if R.L. Stein had founded a similar religion based on his Goosebumps books, what would the religion be called and what would be its principles? I would say Bumpology. I would say Bumpology. Bumpology, okay. And I would believe the rule would be all adults may be ghosts. And that would be the first rule. So if you were a Bumpologist, you would read that and know that in the universe... All adults could be a warning to you. Love it. And I'm looking at the Instagram right now. Former guest, Maggie Lynn Negretti. Do you know what she said? What did she say? Bumpology. No, she did. Bumpology. She did. I just looked at it. Bumpol. I see. He, I see. I'm a, I thought I was funny. Nope. No, I didn't think uh, I was funny. We also have. Uh, I did not think I was funny. I will be one day. 
from the former <laughs> guest of the show, Jillian Fleckenstein, uh, said Church of Frights. Oh, that's Church funny. of Frights. I like yeah. that. Uh, my friend Foria, uh, Foria, that's her name. Mm-hmm. Julia Foradori, a uh, friend of the show, friend of mine. I like this one. Haunt is the name. Members are haunters. Prayer is haunting. Service is haunted. Yeah, that's I well thought it. out. And this one is from a, I don't believe I know this user, Analog Diva. Ooh, fun. The Church of, it's bleeped out, P yeah. asterisk 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 Y bums. Ah. The Church of Pussy <laughs> Bums. Okay. B-U-M-B-S. I don't understand where it's coming from, but I appreciate yeah. the stretch. Yeah. Uh, that's Sorry, that's a bad word to use <laughs> in reference to that. But So these are all adults. These are sure. all adults. That's yeah, Analog Diva. Not, Thank you uh, for I don't want to say that around kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kids should be listening to this episode. So please, children, right. step away. Uh, but yeah, so Bumpology... Yes. All, all haunts, all, all church of frights. They all might be ghosts. And the church of pussy bums. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love to be considered a pussy bum. Pussy bumb. Bum. <laughs> B-U-M-B-S. Pussy bumb. Huh. Okay. I would love to be considered in the church of pussy Yeah, bum. okay. You if know. anybody wants to open that up for me, let, let's, yeah. But Toddy. Yeah. Priest of pussy bums. Yeah, thank you. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, thank you for being on the show and talking Goosebumps. Oh, I love being here. I love seeing the setup here. I enjoy uh, the... I, this is the first time I've been to uh, your place here. I enjoy the neighborhood. Um, it reminds me a lot of where I grew up. Yeah, I, we're over here in Braddock. Yeah, I love, I, love, I love it because, as I said when I got here, it's a good place to disappear. It is. I yeah. like a good place to disappear. Very, yeah, it's very goosebumps I like to. I like to be off the map. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Uh, well, anything you want to promote? Anything coming up? Sure. Uh, yeah, this will be coming out uh, next to date, you know, to show you a little behind the scenes. It's going to be coming out Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, so after Wednesday. Well, yeah, for sure. Again, um, uh, for those folks who don't know me, uh, Toddy, for sure. Yeah, you could call me that. At Brick Body Kids, I sell secondhand items. I sell secondhand clothes. In my lifetime, I have sold only one Goosebumps shirt, and it was from uh, Deep Trouble, the one with the oh, shark. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, as we've been talking about, I host Thrifty uh, Secondhand Shopping for Worm People. Um, we go out secondhand shopping, we collect some items, and then we ask each other trivia questions about them, and you may or may not walk home with a Thrifty Deity, which are highly regarded. Yeah, I won it once, and I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Rachel has both of them currently. I heard, yeah. And we can't get them off her. Rachel of the Thrifty Pantheon. Yes. uh, uh, Rachel Stratton does uh, hair in the uh, South Hills of Pittsburgh and neighbor. (laughs) Hell yeah, yeah. Very convenient. (laughs) She's got the deities and I hear they're mating. Yeah, and that's, I don't know if you said, but yeah, that's at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram, at Brick Body Kids on Instagram for the vintage curation and... At Toddy Tondera. At Toddy Tondera for my life. Personal. Yeah. <laughs> Getting personal. Uh, well, you can follow the show at Fake Ritual on Instagram, and you can follow me, even though I don't really post much, but occasionally I do, uh, at Sloppy Lucas on Instagram. Uh, and uh, once again, thanks everyone for listening. This is year four. It's going to be a great year. I hope. And Toddy. 
if you join me in 2023's first Go Fake Yourself. Yeah, you could go fake yourself, and I'm going to do this while I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, three, a two, a one. Go, go fake, fake yourselves. yourselves.